back to Uplifting Impact. I am so incredibly excited today because I am on the line with one of my favorite people literally in the whole world. Sandeep Morrison is a queer, non-binary, Punjabi Sikh writer, actor, director, author, activist, mom, and my cousin. I know. I know, it makes me super cool. Um, she is a graduate of the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York. Her work focuses on social justice, cultural friction, interethnic family dynamics, and feminism. She's also the writer and the star of Raghead, which was an amazing, is an amazing production. We actually were able to put on the show here, and I had the great honor of being an executive producer in Milwaukee. First time that this theater that we were in sold out in the 20 years it has been in operation. So that show is doing awesome and traveling all over the world. And she is also the host of Deep Talks radio show. Sandeep, it's great to have you here. Oh my gosh, it's an honor to spend time with you, dear cousin and huge inspiration in my life. <laughs> so I have to tell everybody, I had to add that to your bio. I know, you know, saying that you're my cousin is not in your, your professional bio, but I had to add that because I am so incredibly proud of being able to watch you grow in your space of activism and really to watch you grow in knowing who you are, but also helping other people make that journey. So I, I, I mean, I love you and I want everybody to know that we're related. But I also uh, wanted people to understand that I've gotten to see you really grow into this role. And I think it's just been so awesome. So thanks for being with us. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. And thank you for nurturing my journey. You've been a huge inspiration and just a really beautiful beacon of light personally and professionally. So I thank well, you. Thank you. So one of the things that I love about working with Sandeep and just in all of the things that we've experienced together is really your ability to tell amazing stories, whether it's in your acting and what you do there and on the stage or whether it's with your own pen. And, and so I just want you to share a little bit more with our audience about how you use that function of storytelling to really draw out these ideas of diversity, equity, inclusion. So I think that storytelling is very intimate and it's one of our most primal ways of sharing information. And I think that you can give info in a myriad of ways, but when you tell a story, you really connect with the listener. And so for me, my journey as a storyteller was inspired by my grandmother and she was a phenomenal storyteller. She would just bring you in and you would feel like you were in the place that she was illustrating. And so that kind of planted the seeds in me of how am I going to communicate my ideas, my feelings, my thoughts. So for me, my storytelling is a vehicle for that diversity and equity inclusion work that I do, but also for my activism. That is awesome. So when you are like in a story... And you're about to set it up, right? Let's even get before we go in a story, but when you're about to set it up and you know that it's going to be something that might make people a little bit uncomfortable, what are some of the things that you do to get past that discomfort? Because that's part of the thing that I, it's like your magic, right? Like that you're able to tell stories that can make people uncomfortable, but you get them there. They go there with you. So what's that? What's your magic? How do you do that? 
Well, I think you share in that magic. And then I, I think that what it is, is making it personal. And I think humor is a huge tool that I use that if I can make them laugh, then hopefully I can make them think. And so to, I'm very self-deprecating in my, in my humor as well. But I think that if I can relate and say, you know, these are my flaws and all, and here's something I want to share, then you pull someone in without putting a wall up. That's awesome. So I'm going to repeat back kind of what I heard right? In what you were saying, but part of it was like starting with yourself, like starting with here's who I am kind of showing up authentically before you try and engage somebody else and ask them to tell their story. Is that part of what, what you're saying here? Absolutely. I, I say relate, just be real because once you're real, you're setting the tone for everything else that you're going to share. So if you can set the tone of being relatable and just being an open heart and vulnerable, people can always sense when someone's being vulnerable and really opening up their chest. Absolutely. Okay. So you're about to tell a story. So that's how you kind of get people in. You sort of start with yourself and you move them in that direction. So now you get to the place where it's really uncomfortable in the story right? The moment where somebody does something that's, or maybe they, the person you're talking to made the mistake or whatever it is, right? But it's that uncomfortable moment. Is there something in particular that you do in, in that moment that allows for the conversation to keep moving forward? Yeah, I call it the twist or the set, right? And okay. the twist is, or the set is to either take a step and reflect because it's like the three parts of the story for me are reflect, repair, and redirect. That is awesome. Can you say that again, please? So the three parts are to reflect, okay. repair, and redirect. Got so it. in the reflection, it's like what you're talking about, that kind of uncomfortable, uneasy moment. You sit and you set that up and you reflect it upon it. And then you take the journey of how are you going to repair it? Or did I fail at that? Or can I use it as a learning curve? And then how am I going to redirect my journey? This is where I went after that. So those three, those are the kind of key components to setting up the story. That is awesome. And so when you're like designing stuff for companies and for organizations, is that the framework that you try and start set up? Like you start with? Yeah. And then I, the core of that is intent and impact. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. we are all doing our best, you know, and I Absolutely. believe, you know, humanity, we have the best of intentions and whether it's a team leader or an employee, or even in the entertainment field, which I work a lot in is really, that's the core of intent impact. And then what happens after that? Absolutely. Okay. Very cool. Okay. So now we got them past the, you know, conversation you you've, you've done your three R's They're They're in it. They've gotten a lesson from it. Then how do, what do you do to make sure that it stays with them? Right. Because I think that's the other thing too, is like, you know, I, I, when we did the show Raghead here in Milwaukee, it was so amazing to see people come experience the show, experience your art, the talent, but what you did that was different than what happens in sometimes like other experiences when you're in, in the theater, which I think are all magical. Right. But what, what was different is that when people left, they left as different people right? Because they had this experience. And so what is it that you do to make sure that it sticks with them? So it's really about taking someone on a journey, whether it's a room of 10 people or 10,000, how am I going to connect with you and take you on a journey? And then also give you an actionable item at the end. So I really am a big believer in a call to action at the end that we've gone on this journey together. We've learned, you've heard my story and I've heard your story. 
Now, how are we going to put this information into action? So I really think it's powerful to pose a question. I love to pose a question of now you know this, what are you going to do? How does this make you feel? That's awesome. So we've been talking a lot and I got you right into storytelling because you are literally one of the best storytellers I I know. Like one of my favorite things to do is to like get some deep worked up and then just sit down and like watch her do like just tell I mean for hours my kids and I my husband my family we could just sit for hours and listen to you tell stories but one of the things that you're so good at right is helping people to see one another so can you give like an example I guess of you know in your work where you've done some consulting where you've been able to really help people like what does that feel like what does that look like explain to our audience who can't see, maybe can see you because they're watching on YouTube or maybe can only hear you. Explain to them what that feels like in real life and in, in, out in practice. I think it, for me, it's a privilege and there's an intimacy. And the core of it is, you know, someone asked me the other day, like, what, what is the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's one word, humanity. Yeah. I'm there to help you deepen your sense of humanity. I walk away with a deeper sense of humanity. And I think that's what needs to be the core of why we do this work. So for me, if I'm connecting with someone, it's an exercise, whether it's a a part of a day or an entire day, we're really there to focus on how are you going to deepen your sense of humanity? So is there like, I know that when we were talking, there was a story that you once told me about going into a space and you had some leaders and you had some people who were like on the team and they were in the space. And as soon as you got there, you kind of felt that this tension. Tell me, tell me about that. What happened? Yeah, I was invited. So I also work in the corporate world as well. And in the entertainment world and even, you know, go to university. So I was invited to this, this tech company. It was a startup who's doing well. And they mm-hmm. were really at the juncture where they wanted to explore diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I went there and it was an entire day. And so for the first portion of the day, I like to observe, I like to be a fly on the wall and just kind of get the lay of the land. And so it's the hustle and bustle. People are coming and going and there are screens everywhere. And I just sat and people walked by, they acknowledged each other, but nobody was really looking at each other. So they had their head in either a screen or behind a screen. And there was very minimal kind of what I call surface contact, looking up, nodding and seeing someone's in the room, but not really connecting. And so when we got into the exercise, you know, this is employees of of 20 people and with their team leaders, you know, I asked a question. I was like, do you really look at each other? You know, we're in this digital age where our eyes are usually down and not up. And it was a moment and we're talking about that uncomfortable moment. You kind of feel the tension in the room. So I had everybody get up on their feet and I said, we're going to do an exercise. And I said, I promise you're not going to sweat. You're going to stay put. <laughs> and so, I had everybody get up on their feet and mm-hmm. pair up with someone that they didn't sit around. So usually okay. in, in, a, in a corporate setting, it's kind of your three foot radius that you're yeah. contacting people with. And beyond that, that's your world. There's not really little contact. So I had them pair up and they stood about two feet apart. And I guided them into relaxing their shoulders, relaxing their jaws, and just looking at each other. 
And for the first few minutes, there were giggles because it's uncomfortable, you know, to sustain <laughs> eye contact. I know. It is, like, it's, it's really weird on Zoom because I'm like, where do I look? You're right here, where do you, but then you're there, yeah. but then you're, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're such, you have such an electric presence that, you know, like our eye contact that immediately deepens our connection. So here are these people that have worked together in this space for such a long time, but for the first time, they're actually looking at each other. Mm-hmm. And so I guided them to look at the color of each other's eyes. What do you see? This is a person standing in front of you. So during the course of that exercise, you started off with giggles and then there was silence. And really you could almost hear a pin drop. And by wow. the end of it, some of the team members had tears in their eyes and they were emotional, but it was really something like an exercise to really stop and take pause and to really evaluate when do we really look at each other and see each other as full people. Absolutely. And like, you know, as you're thinking about what happened in that moment, and there's going to be people who are listening because what we're really trying to do is give people some tangible things that they can do with their practice. And so there's going to be some people who are uncomfortable right now thinking about the fact that they would have to look at their leaders in the eye for a couple of minutes. You said minutes, not seconds, minutes, right? It was a three minute exercise, which which I know that doing it can feel like almost three hours. Absolutely. Absolutely. But are there other, I guess, ideas that are similar to that one that doesn't require like a facilitator, right? To say, look into my eyes, but something that, you know, would still uh, get people back to that. I see you, you see me, we're creating that moment. Yeah. I think something, you know, that's very easy is sharing, You know, in the world, we don't share as much as we used to. Everybody is busy. And to share three things about yourself, and all it takes is a simple piece of paper. And it's just writing down three things. I would like you to know that I dot, dot, dot. Hmm. And in that moment, you're allowing the attendee to be vulnerable and share something that maybe they otherwise wouldn't. And then the listener also deeply connects up. You know what? I never knew this about you. Wow. We have this in common. Yeah. I remember there was a time where we would do these stand-ups. I was at a corporation and we would do these stand-ups. I feel like we did it once a week, if I remember correctly. And so you'd have, you know, everybody from the department. I wasn't even really part of the department, but I sat with them. So I got to be part of the stand-up. And I remember they started to do this thing where they said, why don't you bring something in that represents you? And I remember like, wow, like this is, this is really cool. There were so many people, like you said, that I walk by every day. I'm a very friendly person. So I would say hi to them. I knew their names, but beyond that, I really didn't know that much about them. And so it was hard to create connections and it was hard to, you know, kind of break down those, those walls and it shouldn't have been because they were made of really weak materials. So we should have been able to just bust right through them. But it was hard because we just didn't have like the platform to to connect with one another. And I just remember one how like emotional I was and just how proud I was to be able to bring something in. It was right around the time when I was getting married. And so I brought in all of my bangles that I wore for my wedding and just talked about the symbolism of them and, and all of that. But I just learned so much about my colleagues. It really changed the dynamic of who, who we were and like what we were able to achieve in that space. So I think that's a great, that's an excellent idea. 
Yeah, it's just sharing. And I think even, you know, I'm a big believer in setting the space and kind of giving people options as well. The eye gazing exercise is intense. And that's why I always start with a trigger warning that, hey, if this, you have any trauma connected to this, please do sit out, but share via paper or you can make it a writing exercise. But yeah, I think that, you know, to, to bring a totem in and to tell a story, it's the immediate connection that you're talking about. Absolutely. So as you're thinking about, you know, different spaces and places where people might bring this idea of storytelling, of creating the platform, are there any other like ideas that you want the listeners to walk away with of of things that they can implement in their practice right now? Oh, absolutely. I think reflecting and taking pause is the easiest and requires absolutely nothing. You don't have to have any external tools just to take pause. And again, the core of everything that I do is really set on the intent and the impact, right? Of how do you reflect on intent? And then also we talk about, you know, microaggressions, but it's simply just going, how do we avoid the micro becoming the macro, the small problem, you know, accelerating and becoming a larger problem. And I just think it starts with reflecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have shared so much knowledge with us today. And I know that you're constantly working on projects and and trying to bring information to people and really use your talents. What are some things that that you're working on right now, especially with your art? Because that's another cool aspect. It's the storytelling, but it's specifically like your art that you're able to bring into this space. Is there anything that you, that you're, you're working on now? Yeah, I'm actually, so I also, I wrote a book called Lady Bachor and it's a feminist guidebook. So now I'm shifting that and bringing it into the digital space. This is such a strange and unprecedented time. It's like, how do I pivot? How do I adapt? And how do I become resilient? And I have great days and I have really tough days. But I think for me right now, I'm focusing on building community in the digital space. And so that, that has been a, a huge learning curve for me because I'm not of the Zoom world. And now, you know, albeit we have a screen between us, I can still see you and share time. So I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. So now we have multiple things we need to check out that you put out into the world. So we'll make sure that we get your book listed and we get a link there so we can buy it. But if people want to get connected, and I know they're going to, they want to get connected and they want to be able to follow all of the things that you're doing. What's the best way to do that, Sandeep? I would say Instagram. Uh, the social, it's a great social media platform and you've got deep talks on there in which you've been an esteemed guest. And then also now pivoting with (laughs) Raghead as well, which I'm so grateful that you brought to Wisconsin. And uh, so yeah, Instagram is the best way. Fantastic. So we'll make sure that in the show notes, we have all of your information listed so people can get connected to you. Sandeep, thank you so much for the way that you show up in the world. Thank you for bringing your talents to bear. Thank you for helping us connect the storytelling and the art to this idea of humanity. You do it in such a masterful way. And I'm just, I'm just so proud. Well, I learned from the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're a huge inspiration. And I just you thank you. Too. I'm just really grateful. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. Okay, excellent. Well, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been tuning in to Uplifting Impact. We hope that you will join us again. We know that if we're working together, we really can create a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive world. All we have to do is go out and do it. So let's do it. Can't wait to see you, hear you, listen to you, talk to you, engage with you, whatever it is in the next episode. Thank you. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.